sunshine. Incredible as they seem, are not the results of mass hysteria. I only... You may wish to adjust the dial. You are currently tuned into... The Wrong Station. Well, things have been pretty good since the war ended. People are working again, for one thing. They even have this, uh, government program that'll find a job for you. For all those people who never could before. And the people who just didn't want to work. <laughs> Everything is cheaper, too. Food, water, energy. Especially energy. That's probably what makes everything else so damn cheap. They've got these units. You saw one. The big metal box out back. Big tubes going in the house. Anyway. They've got these units that they send to every new home. Special government workers come and install it for you. It's really a fantastic machine. Runs like a dream. Doesn't matter what season, what weather, that thing will power your whole home. Yep. Things have really changed. I guess it helps when your side wins. Still, maybe you made the right call leaving the country when you did. It was a long few years. It was a long seven years. I thought you were dead wrong back then when you left. It'll be over by the end of the year, I told myself. And why not? That's what everyone else was saying, too. Nobody knew how bad it was going to get before the end. How are you sleeping these days? Yeah? <laughs> Same as normal then, huh? I'm sleeping alright myself, nowadays. Though there was a long time when I wasn't. Actually, it was right after I moved into this house. Have you ever fixated... And I mean really fixated on a sound while you're lying in bed. Sure you have, you can't help it. There are those nights when you're lying there with your eyes wide open, and no matter what you do and what you try, you just can't fall asleep. Maybe it's nervous energy. Maybe it's something that happened that day or something that's going to happen tomorrow. You're just lying there, and you hear something. A dripping tap, your watch lying on the bedside table, just the tiniest little thing that in the middle of the afternoon you'd never even hear, let alone pay attention to. But when you hear it at night, while you're just lying there, it consumes your thoughts. It becomes the whole world, that drip, 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 tick, tick, tick. Well, for me it was a hum. It started as a hum anyway. It was my first week in the house and my first week at my new job. Government job, office work, not very physical. Now, my job during the war, I'd be walking around all day. I'd be quite physical, you know? I've gotten a little slower now. A bit more fat, too, if I'm honest. But, at the time, sitting at a desk all day made me a bit restless. So I'm lying in bed, already wired, and I hear this low hum. Real low. Hold your breath for a second, huh? That there. Maybe you heard it? <laughs> Probably not, though. It takes that razor-sharp focus that only the combination of restlessness and exhaustion gives you. 
So I hear it, and I try to ignore it. I try to ignore it for a whole hour, till I can't ignore it anymore, and I ask myself, what is that damn hum? I had to get up, check to make sure every light in the house was off, every fan, made sure the fridge and freezer were closed, the stove was off, windows closed, and they all were. But that hum still kept a humming. So I did my best to try and ignore it again, which wasn't a very good try, and eventually I just passed out from the exhaustion. That went on for a few days. Do you mind if I smoke? Oh, that's right. You don't even know that I smoke now. Me, Mr. High School Track and Field. Never thought I'd touch the stuff. Well, that's recent too. Recent-ish, anyway. Seven years of war, and I still never touched a cigarette. All it took was a desk job to make me crack. That and the hum. Sleep deprivation is a hell of a thing. Anyway, I won't smoke. That'd probably be too jarring for you. I'll just have a drink instead. I never told you what I do now that I think about it. I work for the government, like I said. Veteran affairs. We had a lot of people fighting. Conscription helped with that. Lots of people fighting. Lots of people getting hurt, getting injured, getting maimed. The enemy had lots of crazy weapons that they were using. I'm sure you read about it in the papers where you were. Chemicals, gases, special ammunitions. They even started experimenting with laser weaponization near the end. Hmm? Well, yeah, we were doing it too, of course. And those bastards deserved every dose they got back. So anyway, we've got thousands, tens of thousands, coming back with every type of damage a person can sustain. People who have had their eyes burned out with gas, arms completely vaporized up to the shoulder, brain damage from a noise grenade. It's my job to help determine who can still work and who can't. So we set up people who can still work with a job, and of those left we determine who can still contribute to society in any way. I try my best to be fair and kind. I fought for our government too, everyone in that department did. But it can't always be helped. The government is fair, but it has to be practical. Everyone works, everyone contributes. If you can't... Well, you understand. Anyway, back to that humming. It had been a few weeks and it starts driving me completely nuts. And it's getting louder. I'm trying as hard as I can to work out all my energy during the day. Two jogs, push-ups first thing in the morning, and right before bed. It doesn't help. I'm trying warm milk, soothing tea, and every sort of home sleeping remedy I can think of. Nothing. I'm up almost all night, every night. And that humming keeps getting louder. But now it's not humming anymore. The noise starts to take a distinct shape. A sound that's almost real, with a wave, peaks and lows. Like a real sound that's rattling down a long pipe for a long way. It's something, but the way you're hearing it, it's not quite something. Does that make sense? I must have read every book in this house at least three times. I can tell you a hell of a lot about Rome now, and a thing or two about how to crochet. At that point, it was as much about trying to distract myself from the sound as it was just trying to sleep. There was this one night. I went down to the kitchen and blew through every cookbook I had. Went through damn near 300 credits worth of ingredients. And I couldn't even eat one bite. The more time went on, the more I kept hearing it at night, the more something felt wrong. Enough to kill my appetite. And not just then, for days on end. I couldn't take it anymore, so I started taking pills. And things were fine. For a while, anyway. I never felt like it was as good as the real thing, though. Not real thing, that's the wrong way to say it. Unassisted sleep, we'll call it. Didn't last long, though. I figure that 
Even if a person were sleeping with the help of pills, a few good whacks with a metal pipe could wake them up. And that's what it felt like, in a sense, the night the pills stopped working. All that time I'd been able to sleep again. That noise was just getting louder and louder, and eventually it was loud enough that even the pills wouldn't help anymore. Like a frog sitting in a pot of water on the stove that doesn't realize the water's boiling until it's too late. And when I woke up that night, I heard a scream. I swore to myself that I could make out a scream. There was nothing else it could be, reverberating through the ducts, through every wall and every room. And there was something else. I could trace it now, follow it. Before, when it was a hum, it was just everywhere. It was even throughout the house. Now it was louder in certain rooms, certain areas of the house. I followed it to where it was loudest, and it took me to the back of the house. The backyard, in fact, to the power unit. But there was no sound coming from the box itself. It was just silently running under thick metal panels. But the tubes, the tubes, it was unmistakable. It made sense, those tubes ran to every part of the house to provide power. Well, I was overjoyed. After weeks and weeks, I thought I'd finally found the cause of that noise and I could stop it. So I called the energy department the next morning, and there were workers there by mid-afternoon. Of course, when they got there, they told me there's nothing wrong with this unit. Do not tamper with this unit, they said. It was all too much. I drank that day. Too much, really. I sat where we're sitting now, drinking and waiting for the night to come, and the screaming to start again. I wondered what I'd done to deserve this, and if there was really a sound at all, was my mind playing tricks on me? I'd never felt guilty about my service during the war. I was damn proud to have served the government. I was never drafted for combat abroad, call that lucky or not. I was a member of our domestic force. We were the last line of defense if any of the enemy should infiltrate the state. Really, though, our primary task was to deal with internal threats. Many were not content when we declared war, as I'm sure you know. I can't see why, personally. The enemy had been agitating our borders for years, blocking trade, threatening our way of life, and worst of all, openly insulting our government. They had to be put down, and they had no one to blame but themselves. But still, some of our people protested. Small ones at first, then larger. We entertained it at the start, but after some idiot brought a bomb to a speaking event, we put a stop to that. Later in the war, we shifted gears again, when the looting started. There was open rebellion in the southern capital, and they'd cordoned off the city. The government's plan was to let them starve and reclaim the territory once the main forces had returned. But plans change, and a small splinter force was sent ahead to retake an essential munitions factory near the city outskirts. That was my unit. It was easy, as far as those things go. We'd cleared most of the facility ten minutes after landing, and we split up to sweep the last few rooms. It was the mess hall. They must have been trying to grab as much food as they could before getting out. An older woman and a teenage boy, as emaciated as I've ever seen two people. The boy had a knife, and didn't seem to think twice about running at me. And I didn't think twice about putting a bullet in his heart. After that, I took that woman, his mother, I assume, into custody. She screamed and cried. And I didn't lose a wink of sleep that night. You know that? Or the next night. Or the next. Until I'd moved into this goddamn house. 
Was that the screaming I was hearing now, I thought? I was good and truly drunk when night rolled around. And goddamn if that sound wasn't the loudest it had ever been. Just pounding through every wall of every room. Didn't even matter if I knew where it was coming from. It was unbearable no matter where in the house you went. So maybe it was that. Maybe it was the booze. Maybe it was my beliefs from the last seven years being shaken. But I had to do something. I took a crowbar and I went out back to that unit and I yanked it open. And there was a man inside. I said earlier that that mother and her son were more emaciated than any humans I'd ever seen. And that wasn't quite true. This man, this thing, I could see its ribs, the shape of its bones jutting out of its hands and arms, hair thin and bleached white, falling out in clumps. He was old, or just damaged, I couldn't tell. He was on a set of pedals with needles and thin tubes sticking out of every part of his body. His skin was pale, probably from lack of light, but the tone, it was unmistakable. This was one of the citizens of our enemy. There are plenty of rumors about what our government decided to do with the enemy's citizens. But now I know the truth. We use them for energy. They pedal all day and we suck out every bit of bioelectricity we can, giving them just enough water and nutrient to keep them going. Then that kinetic and biological energy is converted so it powers your whole house. I don't understand the actual science all too well, but it's brilliant stuff really. I called those government energy guys back the next day, explained the whole situation, and they replaced my battery with a quieter one. I'm not supposed to know about all this, but because of my good service, I was forgiven for uncovering that secret. Do you see this brand right here on my forearm? <laughs> well, I better hope I don't get another one of those in my lifetime. What a relief, right? It wasn't my conscience at all. Just some damn enemy scum who couldn't keep his mouth shut and pedal. Oh, that'll be reclamation. What's with that surprised look? You're a deserter. Do you think I was just going to invite you into my home? Don't worry. They won't kill you. They need you. We need every power source we can get our hands on. Come on in, boys! The Wrong Station is created and produced by Alexander Saxton and Anthony Botello. Featuring Anthony Botello. With music composed by Alon Zittrin and original artwork by Jenny Henderson. This week's episode, The Hum, was written by Anthony Botello. Tune in every Thursday for full-length episodes. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and leave a review on iTunes. You can email us at thewrongstation at gmail.com to ask whatever it is you ask a podcast about. Until next time, thank you for listening.